It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay, today is March 30th, 2016. It is a Wednesday night, a little about about 7.30-ish. Me and Solomon, we are going into uh, session three of uh, Happily Ever After. And uh, just as a reminder, I like to review you know, uh, the, the overall uh, flow of the work of the program. Um, the, the talk, we talk about the, the five biggest issues in relationships in the order of size from, you know, number one to number five rather than in reverse order. And then uh, session six is after you've got all that handled, what there is to do. Session six actually is the shortest session um, because once you figure out everything there is to do, ain't that much left to do. <laughs> It's, but but the, what there is to do is like um, genius gold tear jerking joy. It's like that. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to test six. Uh, in the meantime, uh, to review the five biggest problems and where we are right this minute, uh, the number one biggest problem is not knowing who you are. It is the most impactful, but not necessarily the most painful. It is um, uh, totally like up in your face, but if you don't know it, then you don't even know that that's the problem, and and that's what it is. It's it's the it's a huge blind spot, and nobody uh, who does not, no one who does not know who they are, knows that they don't know who they are because they know what they know. So that's number one, the biggest problem. And until a person knows who they are, there's really nothing else to talk about. Um, and then the second thing is not understanding gender differences. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned to you before that there's two different ways of dealing with it. One is, you know, understanding the difference between gender, like the way men and women think, or, you know, it's way simpler to just to figure out how to interact with them because that's actually simpler as well. People that have been married for 40 or 50 years, they may not understand the difference between gender, but they love the opposite sex, and they figured out how to work with them, which is more important than understanding them and knowing them. It's like, as, as long as you know where the light switch is and you know how to turn it on and off, that's really all you need to know about electricity. And um, what we just went through last session, understanding gender differences, it's kind of like that. Not exactly, but it's kind of like that. Third is not managing emotions. That's today's session. We're going to talk about emotions. Um, this is going to be big for you because I know as I was speaking with you, you know, over time, emotions is a big deal. So I'm going to help you with that today. And then structural another breakdown. You gonna say something? Yeah, you think I get emotional? Well, I I think that um, that it's not so much that you get emotional, even though you do, but you don't understand the emotional aspect and, and you don't understand the impact of it. So we're gonna or how to manage it. Mm. So yeah, so um, yeah, so we're, we're gonna talk about it. It'll be, it'll be fine. I promise. You, you'll you'll appreciate it. Um, and then structural and other breakdowns, which is like managing your needs 
and then uh, been dealing with the breakdowns, which come as a surprise, a disappointment, a unfulfilled expectation, you know, and how to deal with all of that stuff. Because you can't prepare for everything. So if you don't, if you're not prepared for like life not working, then um, you're just you're just asking for an upset to happen because you know if man makes plans and God laughs, right? Right. So, uh, you know, you, you need to be able to deal with, with God's laughter, so to speak. So, you know, we, we deal with that. And then miscommunication, you know, not being clear and all of that stuff. So I go about how to manage that. And then, again, that's session five, miscommunication. And then, last but not least, what to do now that you got all handled, what's left to do? What's the real relationship actually going on? So, uh, so that's it. You know, just giving you a, a quick overall summary again. And today we're going to talk about, um, the in, we're going to talk about emotions. What gets in the way of great relationships is not managing emotions. So I'm going to start off by saying uh, the impact of being controlled by one's emotions on you, your partner, and the relationship. So uh, the impact is that there will be regret, alienation, a destroyed sense of trust, having short-term Actions create unwanted long-term consequences, being considered unsafe in the eyes of others, negative customer service experiences, leaving people feeling invalidated, hurt, unloved, etc. Okay, can you repeat them? Yes. So here's some of the impact of being controlled by one's emotions, the impact on you, the impact on your partner, and the impact on their relationship. In no particular order, there's regret. Okay. Alienation. Alienation. uh, Destroyed sense of trust. Number three Um, is destroyed sense of trust. Right. Okay. Number four is having short-term actions create unwanted long-term consequences. Hold on. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, being considered unsafe in the eyes of others. Okay. Negative customer service experience. Okay. Leaving people feeling invalidated. Um, hurt, okay. unloved, hurt, unloved, etc. Okay. That list is this is a short list. This is like off the top, but what happens is each one of those things that I just said creates um, multiples of these. So, like, like you know, if you have a negative customer service experience, like you either receive a, a negative customer service experience, it could lead to a destroyed sense of trust or alienation. It could lead to feeling invalidated, hurt, unloved, or unsafe, or, or they, they're no longer 
you don't feel safe around them. Like, so all of these, these things, like, depending on your feelings, your sense of uh, emotional connection, like, these could all happen all at the same time or in variations or other stuff that I didn't think of or put down here. Just listen. But the, qu- not- the question is, being controlled, is it controlling by emotions or being controlled? This statement of being controlled puts the power in the, the non-manipulator's hand? Uh, Yeah, you can say that. So I, I, I'm... Yeah, I usually bring this up at the end of this conversation, but I'm going to bring it up in the beginning because I want to have it be the context of everything we're talking about here around emotions. You ready? The context of this whole conversation, and really you could add this to your life really is, feelings or emotions are terrific servants but terrible masters. Feelings are terrific servants but terrible masters. So if you just want to express your feelings, you won't get in trouble. <laughs> but if you if you feel your feelings and then choose, you know, ways of dealing with your feelings, now you're in charge and you can be responsible. It's the difference between reacting and responding, quite frankly. Right, but that's the being controlled part. But what about when there are instances where a person is controlling or trying to control the other by emotion. Um, we, oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> because that context applies to being controlled. When it's the person is taking power over how things occur in Beautiful. a relationship. You're, you're, a little ahead of the, you're a little ahead of this session. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I am, because you mentioned this to me before, I think it was the pilot of this when you said whoever is the person with the strongest emotion. Right. I never forgot that. Yeah, good, because that's also, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, that's happening here, bro. This is is a section for that. Okay. person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have, they're uh, in charge of the relationship. For at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. Anyhow, so good. So now I'm gonna just I'm gonna share with you a couple of distinctions. One is a relationship's emotional environment. One is what we just said: the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship. And then I'm also gonna talk about emotional currency. So those are three distinctions that I want you to have when you're dealing with your relationship. Okay, and repeat the so, first one. I know you're gonna go right into first, it right now. Right, right. The, the, a, a relationship's emotional environment is an emotional environment, or no? It every relationship has every relationship has an emotional environment. Okay. It's every single relationship because you got feelings, you know, that you're dealing with, and so you work out how to work with each other so that you can each have the best. You feel the best you can in the relationship. That's just right. We just do that. You know? <laughs> We just do that. We start from babies. You know, we cry and scream when we want milk or we want to get a burp or we want to get the butt, our butt changed. And then when, we, when you're there, we're happy. We want you to hug us and play with us. And, we're, you know, we, we want to feel a certain way. 
and we want mommy and daddy to make us feel a certain way, or we want mommy and daddy to help us continue to feel the way we are, or we want to feel, you know, like that, right? So we start out from 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 the from as soon as we get smacked out and and, and our, uh, uh, what do you call it, umbilical cord get cut, we're trying to, you know, we're we're creating an emotional environment, and the, and babies have the strongest emotions. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they recharge up the relationship. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you ever noticed this. I mean, I, I, let me just go into this, man. So, <laughs> the collective feelings that occur between the people in any relationship. Let me say that again. The collective feelings that occur between the people in any relationship make up the relationship's emotional environment. This occurs regardless of the type of relationship involved. Work, play, romance, family, enemies, doesn't matter. People rarely ever pay attention to the impact of their feelings and emotions on others. Because of this, people don't know how they contribute to the quality of the relationship they find themselves in. This also has people... You've got to note this. Pay attention. Let me say it again. Attention. No, no, I write my own. Pay attention okay. to how my emotions, so like I haven't written in a while, impact the relationship. Okay. But I want to go back to this collective thing. If it's obviously negative, yes. how do you change that into something positive? You're, 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 you're jumping ahead. I'm going. Have <laughs> <laughs> patience. I promise we're going there, okay? <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I love it. Excuse my friends, but it's fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's awesome, man. So um, anyhow. We start again. People rarely ever pay attention to the impact of their feelings and emotions on others. Because of this, people don't know how they contribute to the quality of the relationships they find themselves in. This also has people be at the effect of how they feel and at the effect of the feelings of others as if they have no control of their emotions. It's a blind spot. You have the power to influence every relationship you find yourself in if you can really remember that you already are contributing to whatever relationship, the emotional environment of whatever relationship you're already in. An emotional environment can be loving, violent, cynical, fun, manipulative, regretful, empowering. You actually get to say. From now on, Choose which ways you want to feel and focus on that rather than on the emotions of others. With enough intensity, you'll eventually have others feeling exactly as you do. How much intensity are you talking about? It depends. And it depends on how patient you are. And one of the things, here's one of the, uh, the, the examples that I like to offer people because it's extreme, but it's accurate. Um, Driving Miss Daisy. You've seen that movie, right? No. Oh, you heard about Driving Miss Daisy, yeah? Yes. 
So Jessica Tandy is an old white chick who's Miss Daisy. She is super cranky, critical, down south, you know, uh, um, white chick who's prejudiced. You know, um, she is, um, uh, she's got the entitlement mentality, and she's like physically broken down and old. So that makes it even worse. Smart mouth, can't shut up, details, always looking for something wrong. She's got a driver named Hoke. Hoke is played by Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman drives her around, and no matter how much crankiness she gives him, he's cool as a cucumber. One day, for example, you know, he went to go buy a car. Miss Daisy came and was around watching him, you know, when to go to buy a car, get a new car, and his car is better than her car. And she's like, how, do you, how are you able to do that when I'm paying you what I'm paying you? Hey, you know, I know how to manage my money or whatever he said, right? <laughs> so she's jealous that he got a better car than she got, and she's paying him. How is he able to afford that, right? You know, one day he took some food because uh, he, he couldn't have time to go home and, you know, go to the store, and he brought the food back before he came in. And she's ready to fire him and curse him out and maybe even get his ass hung up. They come back in with the food. He said, Miss Todd, maybe I... I, I took this stuff last night, but I, I, you know, here it is. I brought you some no stuff back because I wanted to know whatever it was. And she couldn't say nothing because she counts. She was counting the cans when he would leave in case she thought in case he was stealing something. That's how bad she was. It took him tw- took her twenty five years to realize that he's really a good guy, and he outlasted her because he was cooler than she could be negative. At the end of her life, when she was sitting in, a home, in, a, in, a, in an old folks' home, senior citizen center, um, her son, who was played by Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> he was like, listen, leave me alone. I just want hope. <laughs> mm. Right. So Hope was, you know, older, too. He probably was old enough to be in a senior citizen center, not quite as old as her, but still. And because uh, he was also, you know, kind of a semi-butler, but mainly a driver for her, you know. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he was like the Jackie Robinson for her, man, you know. So the strongest emotions is not necessarily the most violent. It's just the strongest. Touche. Touche. Say it again, so touche. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the strongest the emotion is just the strongest. It doesn't have to be the most violent. With enough love, you can get rid of everything, all the rest of that crap. You just got to believe in it long enough. Believe. Believe. Got it. Great. So now I'm going to go into part called the person with the strongest emotions. If you notice, babies always dominate the space they're in. If they're happy, even the meanest thugs will start smiling for at least as long as they're around the baby. (laughs) When a boss is angry, they dominate the space they're in, not because they're the boss, because they're the ones with the strongest emotions. Their emotional strength often comes from the fact that there won't be consequences for being angry or whatever they're feeling precisely because they're the boss. But that's not necessarily true. 
their emotional intensity dominates much more than their title and often adds to the strength of their title, maybe. Like, it, it can. It, it does for people that are, like, nasty. It's not a guarantee, but it usually does. Having the strongest emotions doesn't mean having the ugliest emotions, such as anger, hatred, or intolerance. It could also be the coolest, most loving, or compassionate. That would explain Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, and Nelson Mandela, for example. If you focus on being loving, understanding, compassionate, or generous to the fullest extent possible, you'll have relationships go your way in the end. Okay. That's why, that's why I say you're jumping ahead of this a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm engaged. Yeah, I, I totally got it. Okay, good. Next, emotional currency. That's the third big distinction here. Mm-hmm. The way the way to take care of your relationships is to be responsible for the memories that exist in a relationship. These memories make up what are referred to as emotional currency. Mm. Each memory brings a certain quality of life to relationships depending on the quality of the of the memory. Romantic memories provide romantic emotional currency, but it can also provide intimacy, vulnerability, and friendship. Conversely, angry outbursts create memories of fear, invalidation, lack of respect, and domination. Most people won't remember what you said or what you did, but they always remember how you made them feel. You've said that before, too. Yes. Each incident creates a certain quality of feeling and either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of a relationship. Given this reality, it would make sense that creating great memories would be a wise thing to do. Most people know this unconsciously. They do something messed up or blow their stack and turn around and do something special for the person they blew up on to try to make up for the emotional explosion that happened a short time ago. Unfortunately, they don't know that it's often too little, too late. The time to do quote-unquote nice things was before the explosions, not after. With enough memories of lovingness, mercy, forgiveness, generosity, and other expressions of love and affinity, relationships can withstand many strongly negative influences, incidences, excuse me, without a scratch, and a few of the worst kinds of incidences, such as infidelity or criminal activity, a few. That's not to say any relationship can survive those things, but with enough love and enough emotional currency in a relationship's emotional bank account or memory bank, relationships can withstand almost anything. One last thing. One bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happy memories. So you don't want to have... That's number four? No, this is, this is, this is the last piece of... Oh, emotional oh. currency? Okay. Yeah, it's the last piece of that. Um, i got to call my girl, girl man on back. All right, later. Um, all right, one last thing. One bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happy memories. So you don't want to have too many of those negative types of incidences happening in your relationships. 
It's like putting $1 in but taking $200 out. Your emotional bank account can only take so many withdrawals, bro. So, As it would with bank accounts. If not, they'll close your account. Excuse me? If, if you yes. keep doing that with bank accounts, they'll close it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, how many people walking around with empty emotional bank accounts, man? So, anyhow, so, um, so the next thing I want to talk about, because most people want to be in a relationship to be happy. They want to be happy in a relationship. We're going to talk about happiness real quick. Short. This is a short conversation. You're responsible for your own happiness and self-esteem. No one can do this for you. If you put this on your partner, you're overburdening them, giving your power away, and sabotaging the relationship. Mm-hmm. Did I say that again? Yeah, you can. It was kind of heavy. Uh-huh. It resonated with me. Good thing there's only one paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> well, really one sentence. No, two. If you're responsible, not, not if, you're responsible for your own happiness and self-esteem. No one can do this for you, actually. It's an inside job. If you try to put this on your partner, you'll overburden them, giving your power away, and sabotaging the relationship because of it. Okay. See, when, 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 when people in a relationship, they both have to be able to know how to make themselves happy so they can share their happiness with each other, not make each other happy. You had to come already past that past that class before you get there. Okay. All right. So now we're going to go into um, the next piece here. It's called recognizing what triggers you. So, but people that are happy, something something happened to make them not want to be make them not happy. Not that they not want to be happy. Something happens that made them not happy. For a baby, they have to burp and don't know how. Um, somebody else could be cheating. Somebody else could be you, know, you. You were late. Whatever the, the trigger is, right? So, recognizing what triggers you is what we're talking about. You got to recognize what triggers you. Recognizing what triggers you is essential to managing the emotional environment, the emotional culture of the relationships you're involved with. Having said that, it would be wise to recognize what has you becoming unglued in the midst of dealing with people. Some of us get triggered by unfairness. Some of us by being accused or abandoned. Some of us hate to not be acknowledged, and some of us will fight for their freedom even if they're the freedom is not at stake. Some of us are paranoid. Mm-hmm. Some of us are critical or critical of others who are critical. <laughs> Whatever triggers you is an obstacle to being someone who can manage the emotional environment of relationships. Emotions do not manage themselves, but they can manage you because feelings are terrific servants, but terrible masters. So, okay. Now, now that I said that, what's coming next is a list. This list is called the top negative reactions of humans. 
So I have him in alphabetical order because that's the only order that seems to make sense. No real order to it. But I want to read to you the top negative reactions to humans. You're going to get this list as well. But these are the things that people react negatively to, typically. So, you ready? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> aggression. People react to uh, uh, aggression negatively, and people uh, neg- neg- uh, people react aggressively, and they react negatively to aggression. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm going to read the list real quick, and then I'm going to go into them a little bit each. Aggression, anger, apathy, arguing. I got definitions, so I'm going to read the definitions when I go back a second time, all right? Um, bullying, criticism, dismay, distancing, fear, frustration, impatience, indignation, being outsmarted, pessimism, stubbornness. Let me take it again from the top. People react negatively to displays of aggression, and people react negatively to situations by being aggressive. So, you know, all of these are on both sides. So aggression is over, overt or suppressed hostility, either innate or resulting from continued frustration and directed outward or even against oneself. So in other words, you get hostile and it's a buildup and you get frustrated and you either take it out on you or you take it out on somebody else. Most of the time people take it out on themselves, but you know. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Yeah, yes, and most of the time, but like fifty one forty nine, you know? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying like ninety ten, you know. <laughs> and a lot of times people will, will um, confuse anger with aggression. Aggressiveness would be, you know, a cop pulling you over and pushing you around. Anger would be somebody just yelling at you or screaming at you and wanting to fight. Aggressiveness is like more like trying to produce a result of some, 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 form, some sort, like doing something aggressively to get what you want. Playing basketball, you know, boxing out somebody so you can get the rebound. That would be being aggressive. It's not the same form of aggression, but it's, a, it's an example of aggression. You know what I mean? Make sense? Yes. Okay, good. Great. I was just picturing the visualization of you being on stage delivering it and how different illustrations behind you can make your point. Awesome. I like it. Yeah, because we're doing this as a conversation versus a physical display. Great. Next, arguing. Um, no, not, sorry, not arguing. Uh, arguing comes later. Uh, anger is next. Anger. We're doing this in alphabetical order here. Anger. A feeling of great annoyance or antagonism as the result of some real or opposed grievance. Rage or wrath. So... Um, you don't actually have to do anything about anger, but you usually will. But you can just feel angry and that'd be the end of it. You know what I mean? Um, 
but usually action is is angry action. Expressing yourself angrily would be in a form of aggression. The anger in and of itself is just a feeling that you just be feeling. And in, 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 I don't know anybody that likes anger. We have it as part of our system, you know, but I don't know if anybody likes it. So, uh, but yeah, so anger is more of a feeling um, that not necessarily calls for any particular action, though it usually does spur on something next, you know, whatever the next thing is. So, um, all right, so then the next is apathy. I got two different definitions of that, apathy. Absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. Like it just, like is, is that you're empty? Lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. Like you're bored out of your mind while these everybody else is excited. Hmm. You know, um, that's lack of apathy. No, that's not. That's not lack of apathy. That's lack of apathy. Oh. Yeah, it's the absence of, of interest. Okay. Yeah, so, so you know, like most of white America is apathetic towards racism because they're not at the effect of it. They could care less. Or they'll get mad at you and get aggressive. But mostly they're like, man, you know, why are we going to talk about this? Man, can we talk about something else or whatever? You know, they go there, you know. And so... um uh, what do I want to say about that? So um, I read a <laughs> I read this, this meme just a couple of hours ago. This afternoon I read this meme by this woman who's one of the uh, uh, leaders in the uh, white supremacy elimination movement. She's a white chick that's been doing this for like 30 years. And you've probably seen her, some of her videos on YouTube, Facebook at some point or another. I forget her name. Um, she's massive at creating workshops, and she's a teacher and, and, a, and a public speaker. Anyhow, the meme said, uh, we wouldn't need Black Lives Matter today if we didn't have 300 years of Black Lives Didn't Matter. No, hmm. Black Lives Don't Matter. I was like, damn. Let me say it again. I just heard, and again, I just heard this, I just read this probably around four or five o'clock this afternoon. It said, we wouldn't need, there would be no need for Black Lives Matter today if we didn't have 300 years of Black Lives Don't Matter. Like, damn. That was power packed. You know, so when people talk talking about, you know, race, white folks, they be like acting like, you know, what's that got to do with anything? That's apathy. Of course, they also checked out. It's more than just apathy because they don't really care about doing anything about it. But that's just one example. You know, another example could be, yeah, another example could be when women see a man needing to be successful it's because she doesn't understand it. She thinks that, he, that he's just wasting his time or, you know, she's apathetic towards his need for, for success because she doesn't understand the impact of it and the benefit of it for her. Don't even get it. So, you know, if you can't see how other people feel and you're not paying attention, odds are you're being apathetic. You don't want to be that way. You want to check in and connect with people. But you can either be, you can either react with apathy 
or you can react to apathy. Like, how come you don't care enough? So if you ever had got one of those conversations, you now know mm-hmm. why. I know why. You now know why. <laughs> and the impact. You know, for women, women really get connected and pissed off about, you know, a lack of uh, connectedness, which when, we, when we're when like, well, you know, that's not a big deal, they experience it as apathy. And so they react negatively to your apathy or to their perceived, uh, what they perceive to be apathy. So, again, all these are either you're doing it or you're reacting to somebody else doing it. But in either case, either way, are you going to be happy about it? Okay. Next. So the next one is arguing. And I'm clear you're, you're present to arguing, but let me just say it anyhow. To present reasons for or against something. To contend in oral disagreement or dispute. <laughs> That's arguing. But usually arguing has emotions engaged in it and also uh, is, you know, it's a form of miscommunication, quite frankly, arguing. But people either argue because they're frustrated about something, angry about something, apathetic, whatever, argue about apathy. Uh, but they will argue because they're, they're upset about something or they will get upset when somebody else is arguing with them. Because it goes plays, plays both ways. Uh, arguing is a negative reaction to something. For sure. <laughs> I like the way you said that. The truth? God. I know it's true, but it's like I can feel... Only because it got the training and development that we get. I know for me is where I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally got that. And most folks don't have that. So I get you. Next. <clears throat> Next, bullying. A person who habitually badgers and intimidates smaller or weaker people. And not necessarily smaller or weaker. But, yeah, usually it's smaller or weaker because they think they can bully people. Yeah, they think they but can, it's not they necessarily you can do physical. It can also be right. smaller or weaker emotionally. Emotionally, financially, legally, mm-hmm. militarily. Any of that. Mm. Influentially, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, reputation-wise, yep. Yep. So bullying is a negative reaction to something, and people react negatively to bullying, both sides. Next, criticism. <laughs> the act or an, inst- or an instance of making an unfavorable or severe judgment, comment, etc. Yeah, people criticize out of kind of you know reacting, and people react negatively to criticism. Goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I'm sure you got that. Dismay. Mm-hmm. Dismay is to dishearten thoroughly. To be disheartened thoroughly. To like is like give up hope. You could almost say. Um, you know, you see something, you know, and you just like throw in a towel. Or you react to somebody who threw in a towel that you didn't want them to throw in a towel. So, and then throwing in a towel makes you want to throw in a towel. This may, unfortunately, is a is something that can go viral, unfortunately. Distance. Next. 
to treat coldly or in an unfriendly manner. That's like pulling yourself away. You know, and again, you you could be pulling yourself away or you could react to somebody who's pulling themselves away from you. Just to themselves. Fear. Fear is an interesting thing because we're born with two natural fears. And this is for our safety. The, the two natural fears humans are born with is um, the fear of, of sudden noises and the fear of falling. Those are the two fears we're born with. If we didn't learn anything else, we would be scared of those things naturally. But everything else we've learned to be scared of. Uh, fear is uh, concern or anxiety, uh, a fear of someone's safety, for example. Um, so we react with fear or we get scared of somebody who uh, is fearful or their fear makes us feel fearful. It triggers something in us. This is a negative reaction. It may not be as aggressive as some of the other things, but it doesn't contribute positively to the emotional environment of your relationship. And, you know, I also want to focus on the fact that this is, you know, having a conversation about managing the emotional environment, the emotional culture of your relationship. Matter of fact, let me say something about that real quick. Because I said it, but, you know, like I realized that I could say something else about it that might be able to help even more. So, you know, you meet people and, you know, some of them have, like I got a friend named Clive. Clive and Soini, they've been married for a couple of years now. At their wedding, I remember when they first, before they started dating, I, I saw them. She had this sparkly look in her eyes and, I was like, you look at him like that. Why don't you just, like, do something? <laughs> she remembers that. Anyhow, um, their relationship, the emotional culture of their relationship is intimate, adorably loving, and sarcastic. They're snarky with each other, but they love it because that's how they talk. That's fun for them. You know? But that's their natural emotional environment. It suits them perfectly. Um. You know, uh, the emotional environment of the staff members at Landmark is a different story. They're in a hurry to get stuff done. If you ain't helping them, they ain't got time for you until after hours, maybe. And um, but when they when you're gonna help them, oh, they're all nice and helpful and all of that stuff for the most part. That's the culture. It is not just one of them. It's almost all of them. I say almost all of them because I know one or two exceptions. Um. So then um, what else is there? Um, you know, you can look at your relationships over time. You know, some relationships have been one way, some relationships have been another, you know, and then if you had the strongest emotions, they, you know, they're mostly going to look the way they always, they're all going to look pretty much the same because you're the guy that's always in it. And you've seen that the strongest emotions, so they cave into your emotional, uh, you know, your emotional uh, intensity. But, you know, relationships have a culture. You know, if you know anybody's been married for 25, 30 years, they have a basic emotional thermostat. It's like a thermostat, you know. It ain't going that far away from how it's set. Does that, does that communicate? You on mute? I know you're there somewhere. At least the call, the call is being recorded. Let me see if you're still here, man. Yeah, I still see you. You still here? Oh, let's see. I'm sure. Check out my screen here. 
Yeah, all right. So I see you still on the screen here. Um, I don't know what happened, bro. You on? You, I know you can hear me too. I know that already. All right, so I'm gonna just keep going, bro. And then, uh, you know, whenever you get a chance, and you chime in, and you know, let me know you're back, and then I'll know you're back. Okay. Um, fear is what I was talking about. Okay, great. Next, frustration to disappoint or thwart a person. A uh, uh, yeah, saying how frustration is being thwarted. You know, you try to do something and you're just not able to do it. Whether you get frustrated or you deal with somebody who's frustrated, that's a negative reaction. But you, if your reaction is to somebody who's frustrated, anything other than loving, compassionate, patient, generous, and how can I support you so you're not longer frustrated, if you're not going there, then you're probably adding to the mix. Um, uh, because you could be the very next thing, which is impatient. <laughs> Impatience. Intolerance of anything that thwarts, delays, or hinders. Um, yeah. So um, all of these are, again, you know, either you become impatient or you don't like, you get impatient with people who get impatient or you have a negative reaction, a different negative reaction because you get angry with people who's impatient or you can be fearful of people who distance themselves. Or you can be critical of people who are, are, are frustrated, you know, like that. So these are the triggers that, and the combinations and the connections that has people um, sabotage and destroy their emotional environment of their relationship. And when the emotional environment of the relationship is gone, you know, pretty much the relationship is, is gone other than, you know, paying bills and being roommates. So frustration. Okay, great. Next. Uh, I said impatience, I'm sorry, patience. All right, next, indignation. Um, oh, is that you back again? I just heard something. Uh, guess not. All right, um, indignation. A strong displeasure at something considered unjust, offensive, insulting, or base, as in righteous anger. Like, how dare you? It's like being insulted, actually, It's at a certain level. Indignation, being feeling indignant, is like a reduction or elimination of dignity. So it's 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 pretty insulting. Yeah. Um. So I don't I don't get you to be somebody who who has that as one of the issues that you deal with. But um, anyhow, that's that. Here's another one that I don't think bothers you, but I know it bothers uh, a certain amount of people, like to the ends of time. Being outsmarted. I keep hearing some noises, man. I don't know. Is that you trying to check back in, Bill? Uh, all right, I don't know. I'm going to keep going. Um, being outsmarted, to allow someone to get the better of them or to outwit oneself. Um, yeah, people. there are people that are just like, you just can't be smarter than me. You just can't outplay, outpace me. I would imagine there's a certain amount of entrepreneurs that feel that way, but, you know, there are people that feel that way. You know, don't be off thinking me, man. And they won't say it. They'll just keep plotting to keep it front of you to stay ahead of you. But in any case, and, yeah, yeah so in any case, um, and I think women have this problem more than men, but I'm not sure, which is why they talk so much and try to out-talk you when they're having arguments. <clears throat> um, yeah, somebody that's as important to, and I think 
a lot of times those people will tend to be leaders as well, like running businesses or running, you know, managing stuff because um, if they get outsmarted, then, then that means that they're in trouble some way, shape, or form. But that outsmartment could, could sabotage whatever they're committed to. I know a king don't want to be outsmarted by anybody. Anybody that a king from back in the day would do would be off with their head, chop their head off, get rid of them. I ain't dealing with that crap no more. So, so that's that. And then there's pessimism, um, the tendency to see, anticipate, or empathize only with bad or undesirable outcomes, results, conditions, problems, etc. Pessimism, negative Nelly, negative Nelly. Um, I wonder if I get um, annoyed with people who are pessimistic. Um, I want to, let me see, I need to look at that. I think that, I just realized that maybe when people get pessimistic, um, I get either dismayed or, or distancing myself, like, ah, here we go again. You know, even if it's a little bit, tiny bit, I wonder if I, I got to check into that when people get really negative. Like, I can't be around that, come on, cut that out, you know. Uh, with a heavy duty. If it's a little bit, I don't care. I got a friend who I can't talk to her. She's just like, she'll, she'll, she'll talk negative for three hours. I don't know how to shut her down. Oh, my God. Anyhow, the next is uh, stubborn. This is the last one on the list is being stubborn. Refusing to comply, agree, or give in. To be abstinent. Um, most of the time, people um, react by being stubborn. Uh, of course, there's people that get triggered by stubborn people. Um, actually, I think that's one of mine. I don't like when people be stubborn with me. Actually, I don't like them bullying me um, because I experienced their bullying as being stubborn. Like, you know, what, you, you trying to volunteer me? You trying to volunteer me something? Jeez, don't make me do Don't try to be trying to make me do stubborn stuff. So, anyhow, so that's that. Um. I wonder if I should call in, hang up, and call back in, man, because I need to get your feedback right now. I need to know what's going on over there with you. So, uh oh, what was that sound? You there? You still there, right? Okay. Um. Okay, I just heard another sound. Maybe you should hang up and call back in, man. I don't know. Because I, I need to get your feedback before I move on to the next piece. Okay. Oh, 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 there you go. Oh, I just heard you say, okay, you're still there, right? Yes. Okay, I don't know what the hell happened, but I'm glad you're back. That was weird. Okay, great. So, uh, all right, so anything you want to say about what I just went over? Yeah. What would you like to say? I missed it. You missed that section? Yes. Yeah. You say you could not hear me. Is that what you're saying? Um, I probably heard you, but I dozed off. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a phone problem. It was a you problem. I got it. <laughs> Sorry to knock you out, bro. We're almost done. No. I'm going to go through the list again. I'm going to go through the list again. but uh, don't, don't. It's not you. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, I'm up at... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not, I was yeah, I'm not taking it personal, bro. It's all right. Yeah. You know that's the time I get up, all right? 3 a.m.? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right, well, we're almost done. So here's what I'm going to do. I got the recording. 
it's on here. You can listen to my explanation of it. Uh, I think the last thing you heard me talk about was uh, between frustration and impatience. So, but uh, I don't need to go through the rest of that stuff. I mean, you got the list. You get the list like that. Um, so, all right, next. So, so we're almost done, actually. We're gonna okay. have a quick converse, We're gonna have a quick conversation that you actually have to be engaged in, and you will. Okay, I'm here. Great, great. Thank you for um, <laughs> for acknowledging that you you nodded out there. Um, I need to tell jokes in between or something. I don't know. Uh, all right, I got <laughs> it has nothing to do with the content. It has to do with I got you. No, I got that. I got that. That's cool. All right. Uh, so now, now that we've looked at the nature of the emotional environment and what can get in the way of the emotional environment. Now we're going to talk mm-hmm. about how to have emotional environment work to some degree. So I have a question for you. What's it going to take for you to be happy no matter what in a relationship? Controlling my emotions. Choosing to be happy. Choosing to be happy. Choosing to be happy. Okay, got it. That's good. Yeah. Okay, you know, that's so, actually a tough one because it's something that I've actually been dealing with recently. It's like, you know, my mind can start running and it can go places, it can take things personal, but how am I going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that. And I know you've been you know, being being responsible for it for pretty much as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one of three answers. and it's, and it's it's But that answer... One of the reasons why you're dealing with it is because that answer is accurate but incomplete. So I'm going to give you the complete answer to that. You ready? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is going to take for you to be happy no matter what in a relationship? It's for you to choose to be happy no matter what and to choose to be happy no matter what prior to whatever you're doing or are about to do. It's not just you know, saying I choose to be happy no matter what, but to choose to be happy no matter what before you get started in whatever it is you're about to do, whether it's a conversation with your girl, get ready to go to work, going to sleep, whatever it is. You know, you can, you can declare when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to be happy today no matter what, and then remind yourself of that throughout your day. It will support you and powerful. It will support you powerfully. It's like creating the possibility of being happy, you know. I had a question that I've asked recently, and I said, am I losing testosterone? Because you know that's a theory that men lose testosterone as they get older. Yeah. Or am I just more in tune with my emotions? Got it. Uh, and I then the second that. part of that is... Although I'm having a particular emotion, I can choose the state I'm going to be in regardless of the emotion that comes up. That's correct. Yeah. Now, would the bring emotion you. dictate my state? Yes. Got it? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. I did. Great. I was doing that, and that's not, a, that's not a powerful place to operate from. Not exactly, right? I didn't want to go there, but yeah. All right, good. So, why do you want to go there? Well, because we already went there, and you already know that. So that's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll repeat myself. No need to do that. Okay. 
So, um, so the next thing is, um, so there's three things that I've recognized that it takes to be happy for you to, for you to be happy no matter what. So the second thing is for you to love, be loving, to love others 100% just because, with no expectation and no need for anything in particular or in return. You just love people like dogs love dogs, like people. You know what I mean? Just like, just love people just for the, just because. That will make you happy no matter what because happiness is inside of love. Okay. You just want to love people. Right? So that's the second thing. And then the third thing, which actually is probably the most useful thing you could put in as a practice yourself, is to understand people at the level of principle. The, pre- the principles people align themselves with tells you what dictates their character and allows you to recognize who they are. So in other words, when you can recognize who people are, then it's easy for you to maintain your happiness because you can see who they are. You can put yourself in their shoes like that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. When, you understand, when you understand you're dealing with a three-year-old, you'll have, you'll have, you can be completely happy with a three-year-old even if they're doing crazy stuff because you're like, Oh, they're only three. They don't know. You may not like what you have to do behind what they did, but, you know, you still know you can make yourself happy no matter what. Even if you decide to give them some kind of punishment for spreading baking soda all over the kitchen and then putting chocolate syrup on top of it, and you got to clean up that crap up. (laughs) You're laughing at it in a week. You and, and and as punishment, you remind them for the rest of their life when they tore up the kitchen with the with the baking soda and the chocolate syrup on the floor. They'll have to live that relive that one for the rest of their life because you'll remind them of it. But you'll be laughing at it while you're doing it because you love them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once you get past this, you know the frustration. You still awake? Yeah. Okay, just check it out. Does it sound like? No, I'm I'm just like. Or what comes up is in awe and flawed. Say that again. In awe and flawed. Those are the two things, two phrases or words that come up. About this conversation? This piece right here, yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to be moved. Right. Yeah, you could be the rock, but like the loving rock. As a matter of fact, it's easier to be the rock when you're loving and patient and compassionate because people won't, first off, you'll be pretty consistent with it. Second off, they won't realize how powerful your position is. So you'll be almost operating in stealth mode while you're managing everything, and they don't realize it until after you're dead half the time. And he really was loving the whole time, damn. Meantime, they're dealing with their stuff, but then they realize when they looked at you, you never really altered. And then they'll be amazed. And hopefully they'll be amazed while you're still here. But if they don't, well, you know, they missed out. All right, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
That's what I was asking. You know, you just put a, a picture on when I said awed and flawed. Got it. My pleasure. All right. Here's the last piece before I give you an assignment, because you're getting an assignment this time around. The only reason to be in a relationship Uh is to be happy with someone. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The only (laughs) reason... (laughs) The only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. Consider that not as the truth, but as an empowering context. Okay. The only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. The only person we can be happy with no matter what is the, is the person who knows how to be happy no matter what. The problem is if you're not a person who knows how to be happy no matter what, you won't be able to recognize whether any other person is able to be happy no matter what because they choose to be happy no matter what. You would read that again? No, I got it the first time. Got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, unless you're with somebody who knows how to be happy for the most part no matter what, and and they're happy with you, they, they know how to be happy, and they're happy with you, and you're happy with them, right? Like, you're in a relationship, and you're happy with someone who's happy with you, right? Is if they know how to manage their happiness, and you know how to manage your happiness, yo, that's like two-thirds of the relationship right there. And uh, so you want to, in other words, you don't need to be in a relationship when that doesn't exist? You need to know how to create it if it ain't existing. How can you create that for somebody else? How can you create someone to be happy with you who, the way you are? Well, you you want me to you want me to talk about driving Miss Daisy again? Patience. Uh, that would that would help. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the less you get triggered, let me say this: the less you get triggered by their emotional outbursts, the more you're going to create memories of happiness for them, even if it's hard for them to really get it. Right. Happiness of okay. you, of, of of the relationship, right, the interactions. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, it might take a while, but you'll build up so much of a quality, so much currency in the emotional bank account that they'll start to actually, like, believe it and interact with that currency. Because your love is stronger than their pessimism and negativity. <clears throat> they'll eventually come around depending on how many memories they need in order for you to, in order for them to come around. Okay. There's no way of knowing until, you know, they hit that trigger point called, maybe I really could relax here. Okay. Now, there's some folks that will throw you away. Let them. You be there. You treat it like it's a prodigal son. You can't make somebody do what they want to do, but you'll be there when they're ready to come back. It's a lot of patience, man. Yeah, but I mean, listen, it's not as much patience as God has with us. (laughs) 
Listen, God created man to be able to have be have heaven on earth, and we're over here blowing each other up and, and, and killing each other off, right? Mm-hmm. He ain't doing a whole lot about it. He ain't doing a whole lot about it. He's watching us. He's doing this thing for where he's doing it. He, she, hit them, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, created a structure for us to be as amazing as we are in this environment that we can be fully happy in, and uh, we're over here acting like jerks and babies. And he's letting us. It ain't like he can't do nothing about it. But he's letting us. We got free will. Want to destroy yourself? Okay. Damn. Wish y'all didn't do that. Okay, great. Got it. Free will. Ain't no no revenge. You know, I'm going to tell you something. When I thought about the concept of free will a bunch of years ago, I was like, if God gives us free will, then there ain't no such thing as Satan. Satan can't possibly exist because, I mean, it's a weird connection, right? No, it's not. It's like if God would give us free will and let us be the way we are, the way, you know, however we want to be inside of our capacities for being, then, like, there can't be any judgment. There can't be any negativity coming from anywhere else besides ourselves. Like, we get a chance to be freely free. And I don't see that God would have us give us freedom and have freedom be such an important aspect of who we are as the creatures, as a species, and then have other things outside influence us in ways that would take away that freedom. Like, God couldn't possibly be judgmental if he's going to be giving us freedom. That kind of freedom. Like, freedom, love, life is about kind of like about the same thing, really. So us taking each other's freedom away, or at least one race taking away the freedom of trying to take the freedom away of everybody else's. You know, that's like, you're free to try to do that shit. <laughs> I can't judge you for it because I said freedom. I can't wait till you wake up and figure out how to use it right. But in the meantime, I can't make you do something. You know, I've heard the saying um, that um, change. No, no, that, that growth is mandatory. Speed is optional. <laughs> We're going to evolve, even if it's like you know one point on the Richter scale of uh, no one point of uh, on the map of consciousness. One point, one degree of elevation uh, in a lifetime. And right, right, right. You're gonna, you're Time gonna become wise. more aware. Right. Say it again. Time wise, right? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna grow. Just we just can't say you have the freedom. I'm saying you're gonna grow. You say how fast <laughs> or slow. And even if you think you ain't growing at all, you've been resisting it. You're still growing. It's just very slow. Right. So, so, um, yeah. When you, at a certain point, when you get to a certain point of awareness, you're not even really being patient. Like, there's so many times when I'm dealing with people that they're doing the same crazy stuff. I don't even feel like I, I got to be patient. I just be patient. It doesn't even occur to me to think about it. It's just that 
They need this kind of space. They need this kind of time. Let me give it to them. It's more like generosity for me than patience. It's like generosity, strategic planning, and um, and freedom, giving them freedom. That's how it occurs to me. It doesn't occur to me as being patient or trying not to be impatient. You know, it's like I'm going to give them the room to be to choose freely. I'm going to be thinking strategically because I'm waiting for them to say something that's going to tell me that they're open to hear what i got to say, even if it's a fucking year from now. <laughs> I'll wait that long. I won't be sitting there waiting. Well, I'll be sitting there open, waiting, for, looking for the opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because part of what has me be patient is this phrase, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So if I haven't addressed all of your concerns, you're still going to feel the same way. So I need to wait until I can address them. Until I'm clear I've addressed all your concerns, I have to be patient. And you may not know what they are. So I got to wait to see when they show up and what I can do about it when they do. I need to be ready. So, yeah, patience for me, I don't usually think about life in terms of being patient or impatient. Because I'm just, I just, I understand people so well that, you know, I'll give them all the time that they need and, 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 and try to enroll them and be an, an open-minded enough to allow me to contribute to them. But if they don't, I'll wait because a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. There you go. So um, anyhow, so that's what I got about patience and dealing with people, you know, because mm-hmm. if I don't have to worry about being patient, it just makes it that much easier for me to remain happy. One less thing to think about, you know. Anyhow, so that's that. So that's the end of the session, bro. I'm gonna give you a, a, you got an assignment. You got to do this assignment, bro. By the way, this call, this session was only an hour and like ten minutes. Okay. We got we got started at seven thirty-seven. Okay. And it's eight. I'm still just. Flabbergasted, man. Well, this was uh, uh, this was a quick session, so it went quick, and he, he was getting in. Apparently, I'd have told yeah. you a lot of this stuff before we got to this point, but you know, now you got filled in with the rest of it. So here we go. Um, so your assignment is to uh, identify your top ten emotional triggers. In other words, out of those things. Uh, I want you to put them in the order, and it's 15 of them, and I want you to put them in the order in which the impact is the biggest to the smallest. Top 10 or top 15? Well, I said the top 10, right? So um, now you could do it a bunch of different ways. You could um, just take this list and rearrange it, the one that triggers you the most to the one that triggers you the least. You could do that. You could create. You can look at, identify which one of those, which this is what I really prefer, prefer you to do it, but I also want to be responsible for your time and energy, you know. Um, you can also take, uh, look at an incident in your life 
that was a, a reaction to one of those negative reactions. So in other words, let's say you have, you know, impatience. So you can look at a big-time incident in your life about impatience and write that down. You know, anger, write that down. Aggression, write that down. Whatever, right? Frustration. Um, um, things have exploded over. You know, things like politics or religion, whatever, the, you know, you feel about those ways. Relationships, school, whatever. Um <laughs> The point of this is that you can see exactly, like you see the, uh, the, the the architecture of your trigger, so you can actually have a shot at transforming that trigger. So okay, I was looking at when you mentioning mentioning it. Great, so you're already doing it, and you wanna you wanna do complete work, so that's fine. Just just keep. You know, keep doing it. <clears throat> that's good that you was doing it. And and that my intention is to communicate it in a way that people, like, it starts, I start walking around in your head as I'm saying it, you know? Right. But because if you don't know what triggers you, you won't know how you're damaging a relationship. Hmm. See, Responsibility. The problem, yeah, the problem is that you already know what triggers your girl. You already know what triggers your mom, your kids. But 99.99% of the human race has no idea what triggers them. They know what triggers the people around them, just not themselves. Because they're too, so, busy being shocked. they're too busy being shocked and triggered by being triggered for them to notice what it was that triggers them and how come and how to stop it. They never think that far. So, you don't say so, so what? When are you going to send this? Because sometimes it. When are you going to send it? Let's just leave it there. Uh, I'll send it. I'll send it tonight. You have it in the morning. Okay. Right, what time do you get home from work usually? Kind of right about then, six seven o'clock. Okay. It's a long day. That's why. I'm, excuse my. There's no excuse. It's just a long day. Listen, man. I got no. Listen, I got no no problems with it. Bro. Zero, serious, zero. Because um, you know, I'll just say um, that for me, my days are long too. Because you know, you, you see once in a while my my posts in the Facebook group. No, I don't. I'm not on it anymore. Oh, gotcha. Take yourself out. Okay, gotcha. I post um, every half hour between eight thirty a.m. And, and either 8.30 or 9 o'clock p.m., I post uh, relationship stuff. I schedule it out for the day. But I want to be done by 9 a.m. So sometimes I, get, sometimes I start as early as 2 a.m. or as late as 5 a.m., as late as 4 a.m., really. And it takes me pretty much all that time, man, to find the right stuff, put it in a good order so that it's not redundant, you know, put touching stuff with, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, pile punching the gut stuff with, you know, hilarious stuff and, you know, all of that stuff. So I'll be mixing it up um, with, my, with my posts and so that when, so it has the biggest impact when people see each one of them, they have the effect of standing on its own, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't want to have two posts within the same day 
is talking about the same thing in the same way. I might not mind saying the same thing next week, but and I will say it differently, but I'll be the same topic. But I ain't going to say the same thing in the same day with my post, or the same two, three days, within a three-day period. So if that's the case, if I'm doing 25, 26 posts a day, they got to look like they got to go past 75 posts before they can start seeing some, some, some the possibility of duplication. And right now I've got, I don't know, like 2,500 posts, memes that I've got. Almost 3,000 memes I've got on my page since I started this, this uh, last uh, August of 2014, you know, coming up for two years now. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, is you know, saying that. So, uh, um, but anyhow, I'll get it to you tonight, tomorrow morning, the latest. But, um, yeah, I got you. Because I know you want to go to work on this right away while you're still in the mindset of it and all that other good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. All right, any uh, closing remarks besides that? No. Okay. All right. Um, what do I want to say? Um, I guess you only got uh, one more payment left, huh? I don't know. Do I? I need to look it up. I'm pretty sure there's only one, um, but I need to look that up. You hit me off on a on a, on a Sunday. I thought we go offline to do that. Or recording. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to end the recording right now. Hold on, hold on. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.